What if I told you that there was a legendary Aztec god who was an ancient astronaut from another universe, was an inspiration for the story of Jesus Christ, that he possessed the ability to time travel and reincarnate, and he played an important part of the conquest of Mexico by Spain. Today we're going to fly into the story of Quetzalcoatl, the mighty feathered serpent god of the Aztecs, and some of the more bizarre stories and theories associated with this figure. Friends, welcome to the Mysteries of Latin America podcast, where we dive into the myths, legends, and mysteries of North, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. My name is Andrew Colon, and after 30 years of living in Latin America, it's my pleasure to bring some of our more unusual stories to listeners all over the world. And speaking of listening, make sure to follow, subscribe, or download the podcast, depending on whether you hear us on Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode and share it with those you think might like to know more about this fascinating part of the world. Let's get to it, friends. Quetzalcoatl is a fascinating and complex god from Mesoamerica, mostly associated with Aztec mythology. Imagine a mythical being that in its primary incarnation is a feathered serpent, flying through the heavens as a symbol of both beauty and power. The name Quetzalcoatl is a combination of the words Quetzali, meaning feather, and Coatl, meaning serpent, in the Nahuatl language, a language still spoken by at least one and a half million people, mostly here in Mexico. Now, Quetzalcoatl was a complex figure with various physical incarnations and aspects and was associated with the creation of the world and humanity and fertility, knowledge and culture, the opposition to war and human sacrifice, and the wind and weather. Like many gods in the world's mythologies, Quetzalcoatl's birth is part of what is quite the origin story. While there are several stories accounting for his birth, I find this one the most compelling. In Aztec mythology, the god's mother, Coatlicue, was a powerful and earthly deity associated with fertility. And the story goes that one day she was sweeping a temple when a ball of feathers descended from the sky and magically impregnated her. This miraculous conception led to the birth of Quetzalcoatl. His birth was surrounded by awe and wonder, and from the moment he entered the world, Quetzalcoatl displayed extraordinary wisdom and goodness. The story gives Quetzalcoatl a divine lineage and sets the stage for his role as a significant deity in Aztec cosmology, with a blend of both earthly and celestial elements as part of his character. But despite his divine conception, Quetzalcoatl wasn't an only child, and along with his divine siblings, he struggled for dominance in the cosmos. He was ultimately bamboozled by the trickster god Tezcatlipoca, into breaking his vow of celibacy and consuming pulque, a traditional Mexican alcoholic beverage made from the fermented sap of the agave plant, with a slightly viscous texture and a tangy flavor that's definitely an acquired taste. Overwhelmed by shame and regret, Quetzalcoatl exiled himself, setting his own funeral pyre on fire and burned himself to ashes. After Quetzalcoatl's self-immolation, his ashes transformed into birds, and his heart became the morning star of Venus. Quetzalcoatl then descended to Mictlan, the underworld, where he retrieved the bones of humanity's past incarnations, and then with his own blood, he created the current race of humanity, 
making him a symbol of both death and life. As mythological stories go, when we compare the story of Quetzalcoatl to stories from the Greek, Roman, and Norse traditions, it's pretty much par for the course. Ah, but as more and more humans have become involved in the stories of Quetzalcoatl, some pretty bizarre theories and interpretations have come about. Let's get into some of them. One theory is that Quetzalcoatl was an extraterrestrial or an ancient astronaut who visited Earth from another part of the universe. Proponents argue that the advanced knowledge attributed to Quetzalcoatl, such as calendar systems and agricultural practices, are evidence of extraterrestrial influence. The feathered serpent god's association with flight and advanced wisdom is sometimes interpreted as evidence of advanced technology, and different depictions of Quetzalcoatl in ancient artwork and temple architecture are said to suspiciously resemble astronauts in spacesuits flying through the skies in stylized spaceships. Ancient astronaut theorists often draw parallels between Quetzalcoatl and similar deities from other cultures from very different parts of the world, suggesting a common extraterrestrial influence way back in the day. The Mayan culture has their own version of Quetzalcoatl, and this feathered serpent is called Kukulkan, and the pyramid of Kukulkan at the archaeological site Chichen Itza, with its alignment to celestial events, is sometimes cited as evidence of advanced astronomical knowledge that must have been obtained from extraterrestrial beings. The sacred book of the ancient Maya, known as the Popol Vuh, contains descriptions of encounters with beings that could be interpreted as extraterrestrial. Now, in all fairness, I've seen some of these monuments, and while they could look like astronauts, to me, I think we're selling people short, thinking that figuring out farming and calendars and building pyramids has to be knowledge brought in from another planet. It couldn't possibly be something that humans could have developed on our own over the millennia. There's an idea that Quetzalcoatl, or a Quetzalcoatl-like figure, say that three times, might have been the inspiration for the story of figures like Jesus Christ himself. Beginning in the late 1960s, theorists proposed that there were extraterrestrial beings who influenced human civilizations and religious beliefs and that ancient civilizations received guidance from extraterrestrial visitors, including Quetzalcoatl. Going back as far as the early 1900s, some scholars say Quetzalcoatl was connected to biblical figures like Moses, and that he was also connected to Jesus, and that they were both solar deities. These theories, though, have been criticized over the years for their selective interpretation, to say the least, and their lack of any real evidence. But then there are some associated with a more new age approach to religion, associating the concept of a virgin birth as being connected directly to Jesus in Christianity. Benjamin Cream, a spiritual teacher associated with the Ascended Master's teaching from our time, suggested that Quetzalcoatl was in fact a reincarnation of Christ. This claim is part of a broader belief system that intertwines various religious figures and that Quetzalcoatl could be a recurring, enlightened being who reincarnates himself throughout history, assuming different identities. And then there's the legend that many of you might have heard. The conqueror from Spain who changed history here forever was an incarnation of Quetzalcoatl himself, which brings a different light to the conquest of Mexico. One important element of Aztec mythology was that Quetzalcoatl was expected to return after his journey to the underworld of Mictlán, 
and some aspects of Cortez's arrival seemed to align with those prophecies. The story goes that the Aztec Emperor Moctezuma II, who people outside of Mexico call Montezuma, upon hearing of Cortez's arrival in 1519, was uncertain about the Spaniards' intentions. Moctezuma reportedly considered the possibility that Cortez might be the returning Quetzalcoatl due to some perceived similarities between the Spaniard and the god. In his human incarnation, Quetzalcoatl was said to be fair-skinned and bearded, features that Cortes shared. And the prophecy also mentioned that he would arrive from the east, which coincided with Cortes's approach from the Gulf of Mexico. Now, it might be important to mention that these accounts of Moctezuma's beliefs are mostly based on the writings of the Spanish conquistadors, especially Hernán Cortés himself. These accounts were written years after the events and may have been influenced by the conquistadors' desire to portray their conquest as divinely ordained to convince the remaining indigenous people of Cortés's power. And then there are what we will call fringe theories coming back as far as the early and mid-1800s, suggesting a mythological association between the lost city of Atlantis and Quetzalcoatl. Proponents of these theories say that the Atlanteans, instead of being a civilization located in the Mediterranean or the Atlantic, actually had connections with ancient Mesoamerica. They claim that the feathered serpent god of the Aztecs was an Atlantean who migrated to the Americas. This link in logic was built on similarities in architecture, ancient symbols, and flood stories found in different cultures. Mainstream archaeology and history largely dismisses these theories, as the evidence supporting those connections is considered pretty weak, and the cultural and geographical contexts of Atlantis and Quetzalcoatl are still pretty far apart in scholarly understanding. Curiously enough, there are several cultures around the world that have myths featuring serpent-like or feathered serpent figures similar to Quetzalcoatl. The ancient Egyptians had Apep or Apophis, a giant serpent or dragon associated with chaos and darkness, who was the rival of the sun god Ra. And we can't leave out the ancient Chinese and their dragons, and in particular, Nuwa and Fuxi, human serpent gods who were considered the creators and bringers of culture and civilization. The Incas in South America had Amaru, or Amuru, depending on who you ask, who was a flying serpent god in Andean mythology who symbolized water, fertility, and transformation. Ancient Japan and India also had their serpent deities, and the Norse pantheon of gods during the Viking Age did too, as they had the important serpent god Vidar, who played an important part in Ragnarok. Now, if you're part of this part of the world here on the eastern coast of Mexico, we have Kukulkan, as we mentioned earlier. He is the feathered serpent god of the Maya and was prominently worshipped at the city of Chichen Itza. And speaking of Chichen Itza, which we call Chichen Itza here in the area, if you ever make it a point to visit Cancun and the Riviera Maya, make it a point to visit Chichen Itza. The feathered serpent Kukulkan is something you can see at Chichen Itza and it's most famously observed during the spring and fall equinoxes. The specific dates are around March 20th for the spring and September 21st for the fall equinox. During these times, an impressive play of light and shadow creates the illusion of a serpent gradually either going up or going down the staircase 
of the Pyramid of Kukulkan. It is an impressive sight, and it really does underscore the importance of the feathered serpent god to the Maya. To these fringe theorists, the presence of myths about a feathered serpent god in different parts of the world and across different historical periods suggests a controversial idea of a global ancient civilization with a shared cultural influence that transcends our conventional understanding. That the feathered serpent god really did exist and could fly from place to place. And better yet, he could fly between different time periods as a time traveler. With the story of Quetzalcoatl, a sort of serpentine thread weaves through the ancient myths of different cultures, sparking whispers of a shared cosmic creation story. From Atlantis to Mexico, as we navigate this world of past and possibility, the story of Quetzalcoatl asks us to embrace the mystery, reminding us that in our time where information is interconnected, the pursuit of wisdom is a timeless journey. And that is why today we tell the story of Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent of the ancient Aztecs. Friends, once again, I thank you for listening to Season 2 of the Mysteries of Latin America podcast, where we fall headfirst into the myths, legends, and mysteries of North, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. I invite you to subscribe, follow, and share the podcast on whatever platform you found us, and catch us next time for our next mystery. I'm Andrew Colon. Adios. Thank you.